I'm Gogo Merceau. I am Mercy Grimm's girlfriend, and I hate horror movies and <laughs> true crime kind of stuff, but she loves it, so we decided to be a funny mix if she would tell me about them, and I react to them. So thanks for having me on. Of course, and she'll be joining us every once in a while to give some interesting commentary to what we have to talk about. So, as stated, we are talking about Ed Gein, also known as the Butcher of Plainfield. He was born in La Crosse County, Wisconsin in 1906. While he was still young, his family sold their grocery store, which his father owned. Wait, this is going back all the way to 1906? Yes, back when crime wasn't as easily solved. Okay, why did I think this was a more recent thing? Uh, there's black and white photographs of the, of okay. the house, so it's, um, it's very old. I mean, the movie came out, the Texas Chainsaw came out in, um, the 70s, so it had to have been an older crime, but I'm sure there's a few serial killers past this who've also done something similar. To be fair, I didn't even know it came out in the 70s. I thought it <laughs> came out in, like, this, <laughs> like, well, they did, the 2000s. They did do, um... They did do uh, a second movie to go along with the first one. They did, like, two remakes, and then they did a 3D movie, which didn't do very well, and they also did uh, another remake just recently. Okay. So I'm not crazy. No, 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 no. There's different (laughs) versions, but this one is the 1974 one. Okay. So this one is the oldest, like, the, the baby of the series. Okay. The start of it all. So this, um... This man, Ed Gein, his family moved to Plainfield, Wisconsin when he was a child. They bought a farmhouse. 
and his mother was very devout, so like super hardcore religious, and she preached to him and his brother Henry that all women, except for herself, were bad and the instruments of the devil. She would constantly... Okay, there's a lot of reasons already so far (laughs) as to why he'd be a psycho killer. Can I just say, first of all, you're in Wisconsin. What is there to do in Wisconsin? (laughs) Let's start there. And then to have a crazy religious mother. Already another bad start. No offense to anyone who's religious, but like, you know. But to say that all women are of the devil besides, like, her? Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so she would constantly read them Bible verses from the Old Testament relating to murder and death. So, you know, that also chalks up to it. Um, and... Uh, Due to her overbearing nature, she kept the boys in their isolated farmhouse and only allowed them to leave for school. So, at school, Gein was shy, socially awkward, and he laughed randomly as if making fun of his own personal jokes. See, I did that too, but it's just because I was remembering memes. No, there were no memes back then. That's not true. There were memes back then. Memes are historical, and there's always some generation sort of meme. I can get into the history of memes, but I'm not going to do that right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... Well, you know, he was shy and socially awkward. It's the quiet ones. It's always the quiet ones. Uh, yeah, I wasn't quiet. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, these are classic signs that there's something wrong with a person, like I said. He did not have any friends because his mother would not permit it, and she would actually punish him if he tried to make any friends. Damn. So basically, he could only have her in his life. That's because all women are the devil. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 1940, Henry and Ed's Henry and Ed's father, he died of heart failure due to his alcoholism issues, which he had. If she was my wife, I'd be drinking too. Okay, <laughs> just saying. Well, he wasn't the best of a parent either. He couldn't hold a job like at all. That's why they moved. Mm-hmm. So they took up odd jobs the sons did around the town to help their mother pay for the bills in the house. Uh, they would both work as handymen, but Gein would also babysit the local children. He seemed to relate more to children than he did adults, which is kind of weird, but I can kind of relate because I'm a well, teacher. Well, yeah, I can yeah. relate too. I'm a teacher yeah. as well. Like, But the way he went about it was a little like awkward. Like He was more like a child himself than actually an adult hanging out with children like that's I don't know if that's explainable but it it was in a weird way it wasn't in like a you're a teacher that's kind of positive um Henry had a lot of issues with the way that Ed was attached to their mother so like I said she was uh very adamant on them being only with her and uh he often spoke poorly of her in front of Ed which angered him very much and shocked him a lot uh, he would, Henry would later realize that this was actually a bad idea on his part. He really shouldn't talk so poorly of their mother. I don't know if you've ever seen um, Hitchcock's movie Psycho. I have not. Um, the killer in that movie, Norman Bates, is mm-hmm. actually loosely based off of Ed Gein as well. Really? Because um, in the movie in Psycho, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Psycho, go see it. It's really good. Um... Norman would dress up as his deceased mother and kill people at the hotel. Oh, 
I think I knew that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's common knowledge. They made that TV show called The Bates Motel oh, not yeah. too long ago. Mm-hmm. That came out in like the mid two thousands, I think, on Netflix. But um, the original movie, the black and white, not the remake. Yeah. They, that remake was awful. So awful. Never watch the remake. Only watch the original Alfred Hitchcock, uh, Psycho movie. That's that's a good movie. But okay, back to, uh, back to Gieber. So in. 1944, um, him and his brother were burning away at the vegetation, the marsh vegetation on the farm, and the fire got out of control. So after a day of taking care of the fire, Ed reported that his brother was missing. Oh. <laughs> yes. Remember when I said he would uh, regret talking poorly of their mother? <laughs> <laughs> Soon after, they would find his body lying face down on the ground. Um, I'm pretty sure that um, Ed actually found his body, which should have been red flag number one, but you know. Uh, he had apparently been dead for a while, and since he had not been um, burned by the fire, they assumed that he had died of heart failure since his father died of heart failure. Yeah, but like how old was he at the time? Um, I believe at the time the boys were in their 30s, so they were adults. Okay, it's slightly reasonable, but still suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like, and they didn't think anything of that? Nope. Um, the assumption that they had that he died of some sort of natural cause would later prove to be wrong. Well, uh, yeah! <laughs> Look, like, as soon as they figured out his brother was a serial killer, they're like, oh, maybe we should have been more suspicious of his brother's death. But, like, again, at the time they didn't know, so I guess whatever. But like, So, yeah, they didn't want to place blame on the shy, timid because, you know, um, Ed came across as a very shy and timid person. They're like, oh, he can't do that. Like I said, it's always the quiet ones, just saying. Um, so, it was actually later reported by someone who was there that Henry had bruises on his head. And uh, the police disregarded this report, and they had the coroner chalk it up his cause of death, death to asphyxiation, probably due to the smoke inhalation from the fire. But little suspicious that he had bruises on his head. He got knocked with a rock, man. Probably, and then maybe he did die of asphyxiation because of the smoke inhalation because he was unconscious. In a fire. Yeah. So, um, sometime, sometime later after this incident, people did suspect Keen of killing his own brother. However, like I said, there were literally no charges brought against him. They really should have brought those charges against him. Uh. <laughs> Well, after his father and his brother had died, Gene and his mother were alone, and well, not for long. Shortly after Henry's untimely death, Gene's mother actually had a stroke, after which um, Gene devoted all of his time to taking care of her. And not too long after that, another stroke befell her, and she died in 1945, so like a year after his mother. And Gene was now alone in the world, and he wasn't feeling very well. He was actually it because you know his mother was his whole world but she was crazy and she wanted to be his whole world yeah didn't really think that through so definitely not in uh in 1957 a woman named bernice warden went missing and uh it's not surprising most of his victims were women because considering the way his mother raised him 
Women know? are of the devil, man. Um, but there was a different factor involved in that that we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Gein was immediately suspected of the murder or the disappearance when the son of Warden accused him of being the last person to see her alive. Uh, the kicker here is that Warden actually sold him antifreeze from her hardware store. Oh my that god. She disappeared from. So, <laughs> seriously, if you're gonna go kill a person, don't you think it's a little sketchy if you buy your cleanup supplies from them? I think it's poetic. I think he I... knew exactly what he was doing and he was enjoying it. But was it smart? No, it no. wasn't smart. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could argue that he wasn't in his right mind because, you know, intent on murder. Well, no, I think he was in his right mind when he was doing it, because, okay, if you want to romanticize murder and stuff like that, wouldn't you want to go and almost tease the victim without them knowing? Or do I sound like a psycho? Um, I mean, <laughs> you sound like you've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, it's not smart, but it's interesting that he did that. Interesting, yes. Definitely not smart, though, because back then they didn't really have the ability to do a lot of different testing for, like, crime-related things, but, you know, they could go back and look at receipts, so. Yeah, but it wasn't as easy to look at receipts, because you had to do all of that stuff by hand. So, uh, Warden's body was actually found, um, decapitated in a shed on Keen's property. So they suspected him searched his property, found her decapitated body. Uh, There's also a lot of other disturbing paraphernalia adorning Keen's home as well, they found. Um, This is actually where we see the connection between Ed Gein and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because um, the interior of his house and also somewhat the exterior because I believe it was the same color if I looked it up correctly. It was also white, just like Texas Chainsaw. And they're both also farmhouses, but um, the interior was decorated pretty much the same from the description of the Gein case. Um, basically, uh, just picture furniture, but made out of human skin. Delightful. Yes, very. You know, um, uh, picture... Uh, it better be moisturized, otherwise sitting on that is just not comfortable. Also picture um, if you needed anything sturdy. They would probably have used human bones to make it, so um, light fixtures, any, like, if they had a mobile at all, human bones. I mean, you gotta be talented to be a craftsman of that stuff. I I mean, I gotta give him props, like, he used all of his victims. Didn't waste. That's like a Native American thing that they do. You never waste any part of the buffalo or anything that you hunt and kill. Was it creepy? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. But interesting fact interesting fact about the Chainsaw movie is um, if you go back and look at any of the interviews, the director will tell you that it was all about meat and all about the idea of meat. Just like, he actually went vegetarian for a year because of the movie. A lot of the, the people, director? Yeah, a lot of the people who participated in the movie or who were a part of it, who knew about it personally went vegetarian for a little while because they were so disgusted with the idea of meat, but, like, human meat. It is a little gross. Because in the movie, there's a scene 
where we actually see what the kitchen looks like in the first one, um, where one of the female characters gets uh, gets hung up by um, those slaughterhouse hooks. Ooh. And then later on, we actually see her. She's still alive, but we'd assume she died after um, her body. She was inside of um, one of those, like, long floor freezers. Yeah. She was still kind of alive when the final girl found her, but there was really nothing you could do for her at that point. So, there was this whole notion and idea of using meat, but keeping meat. Because they were cannibalistic families. They were going to eat the um, people that they killed. And Leatherface just really liked wearing people's skin. Just like Ed Gein. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> so, uh, the uh, um, like Leatherface, Gein also wore the skin of his victims, but unlike Leatherface, um, he wasn't covering up his deformity. Leatherface had a facial, like his facial and skin deformity, like he definitely had um, a lot of um, probably genetic stuff, because I would assume their family was also a bit incestual, but um, it's never, it's never talked about. But it's just the way that his mom phrased him and the way that he freaked out tells me there might have been some abuse. Oh, there like, was abuse in Ed Gein's life. His father. Um, no, I'm talking like abuse from the mom probably, in like a sexual way. Probably. But um, the thing about Gein is he wore woman's skin because he had a desire to be a woman himself because of his mother. Oh. So. Or- <laughs> or possibly trans baby. I mean, at the time, they didn't know what trans really was openly. Well, yeah, obviously, back in that time, it was, like, not really a thing that was discussed. But is it wrong that I feel sympathy that he might have been I a mean, poor in a way, trans baby? In a way, but you'll find out he also had other issues. I, I also well, have he had, had other, other issues. issues. Yes. Yeah, I had no clue that he had other issues. So, um... Now, you're actually probably wondering, how many people did Gein kill if he had so many body parts and pieces of skin in his home? How many people did he kill? This is interesting. This, the truth is, he didn't commit that many murders. Unlike the Sawyer family in Texas Chainsaw, uh, who killed for their food, cannibalistic family, Gein actually started his grotesque collection by grave robbing. That's more reasonable than murder, I would think. Yeah, but then he's stepped up to murder later. Uh, He told police that after his mother's death, he wanted to create a woman's suit so he could literally crawl into her skin. It makes me cringe just to say that. Yeah, that's like a little nauseous making Mm. and very uncomfortable. Too bad we didn't know what, really know what trans was back then. He could have just put on some drag, man. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> he probably did, and we just have no evidence that he did. I mean, I'm sure he made the skin faces look nice. Oh, I'm sure. If you watch Texas Chainsaw, um, if you see one of the most iconic um, faces for Leatherface is his female face that he wears at some one point in the movie. Um, and If I remember correctly, he did try and make it look nice. Here's my thing. I'm never going to watch this movie, and you know that I won't watch this movie? <laughs> I'm just fascinated listening to this. <laughs> I could literally just like explain you piece for piece the movie so you never have to watch it. Because I don't think I don't necessarily 
necessarily want to watch it. Like, I just find this stuff interesting. Like, I'll read about it. But I don't think I'd ever actually watch it. Because, like, I have a very visual memory and it'll freak me out. (laughs) So, so to answer our question, he actually only committed two murders. Oh, just two? Yeah. Um, One and his brother. Well, technically, yeah, but he was never convicted of that, so they never actually came. I'm counting it it as three murders. He's... Three murders is nothing. Um, so it was that of Bernice Borden and mm-hmm. another woman named Mary Hogan. He later denied any remembrance of killing Mary Hogan though, at the time, but after he goes through his trial, he finally admits to it. So uh, Gein was arrested, and his trial took place in 1957, where he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. I think the insanity thing shouldn't be a plea that you can even do. Because, like, obviously you're crazy. That's why you should be, like, convicted. <laughs> well, it's not like he didn't... He's not like he could walk free to the public, I guess. Well, I would hope not. Um, He was diagnosed with schizophrenia and uh, deemed unfit for trial, basically, is what happened. Again, I hate that that's an excuse. But, again, if I ever go to jail, I need the excuse of... <laughs> my mental illnesses so maybe i shouldn't blame him too much uh he was sent to the central state hospital for the criminally insane located in i'm gonna butcher this but wapoon wisconsin and later transferred to mendota state hospital in madison wisconsin so in 1968 they decided that he was once again fit for trial and his trial began I don't drink coffee, so I'm having some soda. <laughs> it smells great. It does smell great. She she has um pomegranate and dragon fruit seltzer water, everyone. Okay, continue to tell me the story yeah, while yes. I slowly open this and risk my life. <laughs> Though Gein admitted to two murders, he was still deemed incompetent due to his mental health. So he was issued to spend the rest of his days in a mental health institute. Gein died at the Mendona Mental Health Institute due to respiratory failure and lung cancer in July 1984 at the age of 77. Do you have any end thoughts? Oh, this is the end already? this is the end. I feel like, first of all, three murders does not make a serial killer. It's like when it's seven crimes and they're smart. I feel that he was not smart in any of these crimes. No, he w- he definitely was more of a simple person. His motivation was interesting, though. I definitely think his motivation was interesting, the whole wanting to be a female kind of thing. It's just like, if trans had really been a known thing back then, maybe he could have been more accepted if he didn't have a psychotic mother. The schizophrenia didn't help his case, though. Well, no, it really didn't help his case, but it also could have explained a little bit, but at the same time, I hate when mental illness is used as an excuse for that kind of stuff. So, tell me about this movie. The movie? Oh, yes. Tell me about this movie. I've heard the crime. Yeah. Tell me the movie. So, Texas Chainsaw begins with this group of teenagers who are running low on gas for their car. They actually stop at a gas station 
Fun fact about this gas station, it's an actual place that you can actually go to. It's not just a set piece for the movie. The house was a set piece for the movie. But this gas station still exists, and uh, it's gone through many different names. But you can actually go there now and get, like, um When you say many different names, all I can think of is that meme that says, come and go. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I am meme knowledge. You are spooky knowledge. Well, this place, you can actually go there now and buy, like, um, memorabilia, like, um, like, lanyards or, like, magnets or something that's, like, memorabilia for the movie. It's like going to a spooky store, but just Texas Chainsaw. And they also have, like, signed, like, autographed photographs from some of the cast from the original movie as well, which is cool. kind of cool. Um, but, so, they try to get gas in the gas station. They end up, uh, oh, and no, spoiler alert for the movie, by the way. If you haven't watched it, I don't know why you're here. You should really go watch it and then come back. Y- you can You can find it on like a streaming service right now. I'm sure someone's playing it because it's Halloween season. But um, anyway, they run low on gas. They're actually traveling because um, Sally and her brother Franklin, Franklin is um, wheelchair bound, mm-hmm. which makes for an interesting thing for the movie. Um, they heard that someone had been uh, grave robbing in the area. Uh, another allusion to Ed Gein, by the way. Um, and they wanted to make sure that they're homestead was okay so they were traveling there and um on their way they found out at the gas station that they wouldn't be getting gas until later they'd run out for the day so they had to pull over first of all how does a gas station run out of gas i'm sorry i know it's a plot it's the 70s they were different fine they get deliveries in those trucks okay still weird anyway so they end up having to stop at this um, this rundown looking farmhouse, um, and the couple, the girlfriend and boyfriend who are traveling with them, their friends, uh, they uh, decided it'd be fun to just you know explore the area. They actually go and go to see if anyone's home at the house, except for Sally. She goes to do something else. So. One of the most um, iconic opening scenes from the movie when they introduce Leatherface is uh, one of the characters, um, one of the lead male characters, actually walks into the house and because the door's open and he's looking for someone. And right as you go past the staircase, there's this uh, metal door that he walks up to. It opens. Leatherface is right there. He clocks him with a meat cleaver, pulls him behind the door, and slams it shut. See, this is why you just don't walk into people's houses. <laughs> like, yes. this is why in the 70s everyone was getting murdered. Because, like, you didn't have people texting saying, like, oh, I'm here, open the door. Like, again, this is why serial killers got away with so much early on before it, all the technology got real fancy. Well, the um, one of the girls was waiting outside, and this is actually, when she walks into the house, this is actually one of the most famous shots from the movie. Um, it's a it's a down shot, so the camera is angled upwards and down, and um, it's her walking, and it gives you such a wide angled view of what's happening. And um, the actress was so embarrassed because you could uh, see her ass so well on the screen, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh my goodness!" In 
a later interview she said that. But it's one of the most like iconic shots. They tried to reproduce it in the remakes, but they just couldn't make it again. It was just that that was the shot. But um, she ended up going inside, and uh, she's the one who gets uh, meat cleavers, like I was telling you earlier. And uh, so it's a slow build kind of movie. And Sally realizes what's happening, the lead actress. Um, she, she decides to go back to the gas station to try and get help. Big mistake. <laughs> uh, one of the gas station attendant, or the owner of the gas station, is one of the Sawyer brothers, oh. one of the cannibalistic brothers. And uh, he captures her and brings her home to his two brothers and their father or grandfather. He's very old. And um, she tries to escape. She, like, tries to hide in the house somewhere, but because she gets away from them at first. And we get, like, um, that final girl circuit where she sees some of the dead bodies and stuff. Yeah. Very iconic for horror movies. Like, open a door, boom, dead body. Open this, boom, dead body. Like, they do that in the Friday the 13th movies. All, like, all I know them. the context of, like, the final girl or whatever. Yeah, so Sally gets recaptured. Obviously, because she has literally no place to hide in this crazy house. By the way, when she's going through this house, we get those shots of, like, the set pieces that look like the scenes from the photographs of Edgar's house. Speaking of which, you have to show me the photographs, because I, I definitely think that I should react to I'm gonna, them as well. I'm going to show you. I have the link right here. And so she gets captured. She gets put at the dinner table. Um, and so Sally freaking the, freaking out. She's freaking out. Freaking that out. And here's, uh, here's his shots. Oh, cute little so, house. Yes. Ooh. They're looking inside to see the atrocities of this. So, um, they find all these weird random things and a lot of the stuff in the house. You look at how disgustingly messy his house is. His house was. That looks like my room. <laughs> <laughs> and you've seen my room. You know it's bad. Um, some of the stuff that is in his house was like skin, just hanging skin. He would make skin pieces. That's skin. Ooh. That chair has skin on I, it. Okay, here's my thing. If you have human skin furniture, does that mean that you have to moisturize it constantly, or uh, does it, or do you not have to moisturize it constantly? I would not know because. Not have human skin furniture. I I'm just curious. No if anyone knows this, furniture. please email us or tweet us or Instagram us or Put leave it in a the comment. Comments. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sally's trapped at the dinner table and they want to eat her. They're a cannibal family, so they get. Looking grandpa. like a snack! <laughs> <laughs> they get grandpa to try and do the finishing blow with a hammer. And they push her head over a bucket because they want to drain the blood out into the bucket, too. But he's not strong. It's actually very comedic. He cannot hit her. He's not strong enough. It's really funny. And um, there's a whole struggle that happens during this. She actually does break free. And Leatherface is chasing her with a chainsaw at the end of the movie. That's that famous chainsaw. Yeah. The funny thing is the chainsaw is not there for the whole movie. It's just mostly very special scenes, like the ending scene. So um, he chases her out 
of the house with a chainsaw trying to chase her down to scare her. There's actually a vehicle driving by on the road at the same time, a truck. She, covered in blood, she's like hysterically like screaming at this point. She jumps into the back of this pickup truck and he just misses her, literally just misses chopping her with a chainsaw. And she's just sitting in like this fetal position in the back of the pickup truck as it's driving away, covered in blood, laughing at him hysterically as she sees him chasing the truck for just a minute like less than a minute and then he does this crazy dance with his chainsaw and then credits roll weird yeah so she's the only survivor from the whole thing out of all five of them okay so that is texas chainsaw thank you for telling me and that is also all the time that we so it's been lovely having a guest on Coffee and Crime, one who doesn't really know anything about what we're talking about. I think it was a delightful time. It was fun listening to you explain things and just being able to say my stupid comments. <laughs> so we will see you next week. It will probably just be me next week. Drop a comment if you want me more. <laughs> Drop a comment if you want more partners in crime. That's what we're going to call this segment. Partners in crime, guys. So until cute because we're partners in crime. We are, honey. <laughs> so until next time, everyone. Well, that was a whirlwind of a case. I definitely see the parallels between Gein and Leatherface when it comes to the content of the crimes, especially the use of human skin from their victims. If you want to see for yourself what Gein's house looked like on the inside and outside, I'll leave a link to a gallery of photos taken of it in the description below. Thank you for sticking around to hear about the infamous Ed Gein and the connection between his story and that of the famous movie The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Also, thank you to all of my new subscribers. Know that I appreciate you very much, and I'm glad you share the same enthusiasm for horror and true crime that I do. To everyone, please give this video a like, and if you haven't already, subscribe and hit that notification bell for more true crime and horror movie content. I'll see you guys next time. Until then.